Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And today we're coming to you on a Thursday because it is actually the one year anniversary of this podcast. So we take a trip down memory lane and talk about some of our favorite interviews and moments from this past year. And we also have a regionals preview for you in the second half of the episode. So make sure you stick around for that. But before we get into that, we want to real quickly thank our goal level Patreon supporters. A big thank you to David P, Stephanie S, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, and Erica S. So it has been an incredible year and so much fun doing this podcast, but we obviously could not do it without you guys and your continued support. So we just wanted to take a moment to say thank you as always, and we love you guys. Now let's get into today's episode. I cannot believe that it has already been one year of the All Things Gymnastics podcast. I know, it's so crazy. Time flies. Yeah, so we started this podcast back when we first got into quarantine a year ago, and it was a little quarantine project. Yeah, <laughs> and I think me and you were just bored in the house, in the house bored, <laughs> <laughs> and now look at what it's involved to. Like, we're still doing it. We've grown. So this kind of reminds me of back in the day when we started the Triple Twist Gym blog. It started with me being up late in my bedroom, having this idea, and like me and Brittany are both the kind of person where we have an idea, we have to act on it immediately, or start acting on it immediately. We can't just like sit with an idea, like we have to get moving on it, even if it's two in the morning. And it reminds me of the podcast now, because... Brittany came into my room, I believe, and had this idea to start a podcast. So you better not take credit for the idea. No, my I'll, idea. I'll give you credit where credit's due. I mean, Triple Twist was my idea, so you can have this one. <laughs> but you were just like, well, how would you feel about starting a podcast? And I was like, maybe, yeah. Like, I've always had the itch to do something. I just didn't know what, if that makes right. sense. Like... We've, over the years, we've tried so many different things. Like we have, Obviously, we had a blog for a really long time. We did YouTube for a brief period of time, which didn't really work out with the job that Brittany's in and, you know, not having, like, so many things online for people to see. I didn't want all my personal stuff online, so that was kind of why we stopped doing that. Yeah, but, but there's been projects that we've worked on over the years. Obviously, big gymnastics fans, super passionate about this sport, and we're always looking for different ways to share our love with other people yeah the podcast kind of just stuck yeah and it's been a fun journey it's been a very fun journey and it's so crazy to think that it's already been a year but we just wanted to use this episode obviously today marks the one year anniversary of the podcast normally our episodes come out on monday but we're a little bit later in the week because we wanted the episode to come out on our actual one year so um this is the one year anniversary yay super exciting and we just kind of wanted to reflect back and you know think of some of our favorite memories or just kind of reflect on how we started this podcast so let's start by talking about how we actually started the podcast because like i said it was late at night, we were sitting in our room, and we just kind of started coming up with ideas and yeah, throwing things out there. I think that we came up with the name of the podcast and our original logo mm-hmm. all during the night, like at two in the morning. Yeah. And just on our phones. Like yeah. we're over here like do 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 like just working away on our phones. Yeah, I think as time has gone on, we've grown a little bit and we've obviously evolved a little bit. But yeah. in the beginning we were pretty like we didn't have a microphone. We just were yeah. doing it like from our phones. And the podcast had very little editing because we didn't know how to do anything. So We've just grown a lot in this last year. I know. I learned a lot I, about podcasts. I go back and I listen to some of our first episodes and I'm like, oh, we should like edit out that um or like that pause. Yeah. Because now we edit everything. But back then, we really wouldn't edit anything. So it was pretty much all natural. And now we're natural, but we just make it like a little bit more concise. Yeah, and a little bit easier to listen to. I personally, I like things that are smooth. And you want, like you said, natural. You want it to be natural, but I like things to be just easy to listen to. Like yeah. not too many pauses or like stutters or anything like that. So 
Um, those are just little things that I don't think really matter too much to other people. I think it's just us that we notice those things, but... <laughs> Um, it makes me feel better how much we've grown in that aspect. We also launched a website this year and some merch. So it's been an exciting first year, I would say. It's hard to do that stuff when you don't really have a lot of knowledge on it. Like, I'm not a webmaster. I'm not a graphic designer. So doing all that stuff definitely takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of research and having to look into how to do things and... Just giving it your best shot, but yeah, I think I, we've done pretty okay. Well, I want to say, I want to give a shout out to you, Ashley, because you've done everything with the website. Like, I didn't help with that at all. The merch you did on your own. I mean, I gave my input. There was one design that I think I kind of helped come up with, but you've really, like, taken the reins on all of that and not only learned how to do it, but then actually, like, executed it, which is really awesome, and I just want to let you know that I appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks. Ooh, it's early in the morning. You hear my voice? <laughs> Brittany sounds like she needs some water. <laughs> Anyways, my point still stands. I appreciate you and all the work that you've done to make this podcast what it is. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Love having you as my business partner. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of our favorite moments from doing this show. So, of course, we have to start with favorite interview. I'll go first because mine is very relevant to the time, I would say. I gotta say, Amelia Hunley and Sabrina Vega, not necessarily because of the interview itself, but just because it's sentimental in a way. It's our very first... Yeah. I'm, I'm grouping them together and saying they're our very first interviews because they actually happened on the same day. Yeah, so, we did them like almost back to back. So we released them, obviously, at different times, but... We scheduled them both on the same day. Don't know why, but... <laughs> I think it's one of those things. I think we were so excited that we were like, let's do two interviews in one day. <laughs> and it's just funny to look back at that because obviously first interview... I've interviewed people before and you have too, Brittany, but obviously first podcast interview, there's a little bit of pressure. Yeah, it's different doing an interview for a podcast because people are going to listen to it. You know, yeah. if you're doing an interview for, say, Inside Gymnastics, you know, you call that person up, you talk on the phone, but no one actually hears the interview. They don't actually hear the audio. Mm -hmm. So you could say something wrong. You could stutter. You <laughs> could, like, have your mind go blank. Not saying that's You could happened. be, like, screaming into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many things that could almost be, like, not good about it. But no one would ever know because no one ever is going to hear it. They're just going to read the interview. Right. But with a podcast, everyone's listening to your voice. They're sometimes, you know, being critical when they're listening to you. Um, you don't know who is listening to you. That's the other scary thing. It's like, yeah. we have no idea, honestly, half the time, who is listening. Right. Um, so, yeah, you just want to make it sound good. You want everything to be perfect. And I definitely think that doing interviews on a podcast, you feel that pressure a little mm -hmm. bit. And we had some technical difficulties with Amelia's. Do you remember? Yeah. We were kind of panicking because she kept cutting out. And the audio was still being recorded. So we were like, what are we going to do? Like, she, she's talking. She has no idea that she's cutting out. And we ended up having to call her on the phone instead of doing it. Because we started doing it on Anchor. And you can record interviews with people, like, right in the app. And we ended up having to just call her on her phone and record it that way. So the audio wasn't the greatest quality, but that was the only thing we could do because like it was just not working. I don't know if it was her internet connection, if it was our internet connection. I, I don't really know whose fault it was, <laughs> but we were kind of afraid because we had Sabrina in like an hour and we were like, we can't have this happen. Like this like can't this, be a thing. This is already like not off to a good start. Like we're so pumped to be interviewing somebody. We have our first guest and then it turns out like, I don't want to say it turns out bad because I think it turned out okay. But we were just afraid. We we're like, what are we getting ourselves into? No, looking back in the beginning, we definitely had audio issues because even our Michaela Skinner interview had mm -hmm. a bunch of like audio problems and it's all ended up being okay. Like you could still make out the audio, but it's definitely not as good as I would say it is now, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and let us, let us know. We strive to be better now. But anyways, I would, I would say they have to be one of my favorite interviews just for like the sentimental value and just remembering how I felt in that moment. Yeah. Like, having them agree to be on the show, actually doing the interviews. And then when we finished Sabrina, I was so relieved. We listened to it back, and it was pretty good. There wasn't any errors. There was no, you know, breaking up of the audio or anything like that. So I was literally so relieved. Yeah. And, like, ready to take on the world. Oh, that's a good one. See, I didn't think you were going to say those two. Yeah. 
I thought we were going to have the same favorite ones, but I guess not. Well, I was just thinking, I was like trying to be like true to how I felt, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they they do have to be, those two have to be one of my favorites just for that reason alone. But I have a couple more, but I'll, I'll let you go ahead and take a turn. Okay. So I would say I have a lot of favorites. So do I. If I had to narrow it down, if I had to have, can I have like a top three or a top two? I wanted to keep it one because it's just like the pressure's on you to pick your favorite. But I'll be honest with you, I ended up coming up with, if you if you say Amelia and Sabrina are two separate ones, I have four. <laughs> okay. Because I want to say Lainey Madstam was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. She was just like super chill and super nice. And we had so much conversation outside of the podcast even. Like, yeah. We were talking beforehand. We were like, okay, like, let's get into the podcast. We kind of do our interview. And then we talked to her for a whole half hour after we were done recording. Um, We actually started recording again because she was saying so much good stuff. And she said something about how you should be recording this. So we pushed record again. I think we ended up using like a, we took a piece of something that was said after and tied it into. Did some surgery and squeezed it in the middle of the podcast somewhere. Yeah, that's another thing that Ash is good at is making things sound natural. But um, she was just so cool. And I think the conversation was so natural. I remember being proud listening to it just with how, how the conversation flowed and how natural it sounded. I think it can be hard sometimes when you're interviewing someone to make it sound natural and not be like question answer question answer like we try to have it be like a conversation yeah because when people listen to podcasts they're not only listening because they want to hear like the guest and what they have to say but i think people like that feeling of like it's a conversation and And it's almost like they're listening in on your conversation because they are (laughs) yeah and you also want to give a sense of the gymnast personality and another one that i was going to say too we just had her on the show was jocelyn robertson Mm -hmm. she's you know this tiny little junior gymnast that no one really knows and well we all the gym turn knows but what i mean is like you don't know her personality yeah like even going into it for me and you like you know sometimes we look up interviews with some of our guests to see kind of like you know how are they with answering questions that way we go into it prepared knowing like okay like this person might need a little bit more like prodding or like um sometimes what we do is like backup questions Mm -hmm. so like we'll have a question like okay something random like what's your favorite floor routine that you've ever done and then we'll have like a backup question that ties into that question to get them talking more like if they just give us like a short answer like my favorite floor routine was um year 2016 and then they like they put a period on it and they're done it and then we can be like okay so like blah 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 blah. and then we have like a follow-up choreograph that routine like yeah how long did it take you to learn it like you you follow up about that specific thing so just a little like a tidbit for you guys if you're ever interviewing people that works well with juniors usually the younger girls struggle to elaborate on certain things yeah. the older girls tend to be able to hold conversations like Lainey Madsen we didn't need any follow-up questions like she was just like talking like yeah. she did not need any help with that which was great but but I think what you're saying is that with Jocelyn she had never done anything like that before so but she did so good yeah she did she really didn't even need like any help like she was a rock star and i think my initial point i'm going on like a rabbit hole now but my initial point was i enjoy showing off the personalities of the gymnast you know i want people to listen to our laney interview and see that she's cool and she's someone that you know you could be friends with mm-hmm. and you know jocelyn you know we're too you know we're way, we're way older than she is so we can't be friends with her but you know for somebody who may be around her age or even just to be a fan of her like you know what she's like you can get a sense of her personality yeah and i love that the podcast can bring that to people and you and i like to connect with people too like we'd like to feel on like a more personal level you want you want your guests to feel comfortable and that's something that i think you and i really you know put a lot of thought into and we try to do our best like no matter who we have on um, we don't want them to be like stressed out about it or, you know, just feel awkward talking to us. Like we want people to feel like we're just, we're friends and we're talking. And like you said, like, obviously like you're we're not, not friends. actually friends, but <laughs> well, you want them to feel that way. Like the second you get on zoom, cause obviously this is all done over zoom, <laughs> but yeah, back in the day, you, I think you said that before, back in the day we did it through the yes. anchor app. Now we do it through zoom, yes. which is so much better. Yes. It is a lot better. But, you know, the second you get on there, you want them just to feel, like, comfortable. You want them to know that they're, like, they can relax with you. Yeah. So that's something that we strive for. Another thing I wanted to kind of just add on to what you just said, you know, with showing gymnast personalities, 
I think Michaela Skinner is somebody that a lot of people have been critical of. A lot of people don't like a lot of the things that she's said and done in the past. Us included. Us included. But talking to her and having her on our show, I feel like actually really helped change my opinion of her. And I hope it did for some other people as well. She was just so like down to earth and genuine. And I appreciate that she took so much time to talk to us. Because that's the other thing. Like these gymnasts they're so busy they have so much going on in their lives and to not only take the time to come on your show but then to actually like take a large amount of time out of their day to do it like some people it's like you have 20 minutes boom go and get it over with but like Michaela she sat there and talked to us for well over an hour kind of like Lainey it's Mm -hmm. like, like they just have so much to say and the conversation just gets flowing and I don't know I think I just appreciate that and I appreciated that about Michaela when she was talking, she just seemed so relatable. Yeah. And and genuine. And I really think that even with her YouTube channel that she does, we're getting so much more of like big picture, like who she is as a person. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's still things about her that I don't agree with, I'm sure. Yeah. But I definitely think after having her on the show, like I just... I don't know. I'm grateful that she took the time, like you said, to come on. And I'm also just glad that we got to know her personality a little bit more and kind of see who she is. And you can see the development in her as a person. Yes. Yeah, for sure. BJ Das was another one that I think I really enjoyed. And not only hearing about her her choreographic process, and obviously she's choreographed a lot of amazing routines like Shay Campbell's and Nia Dennis has now gone viral twice. So it's nice to hear a little bit about her story and how she choreographs floor routines. But she was another one that was just really fun to talk to. And I think the conversation just kind of flowed naturally. And um, I walked away from that one feeling very happy with how it went. Mm-hmm. You, there's usually just like a feeling when you're done with an interview. Like you you know. Like you know if you know that or not. Not even like you just nailing it, but you know if it's going to be a good like interview like you just have a good sense of like that was really good or like eh, like I messed up one part or like and usually it's not anything to do with the guest it's always me and Brittany like we're super critical so like we'll get off an interview get off like a zoom call and we'll look at each other and we'll be like was that good like (laughs) what do you think like what are your initial thoughts and reactions but there's been times where we're both like oh yeah like that was awesome like we we nailed that yeah you just feel you feel happy with it. The podcast is our little baby and we can just sometimes feel proud and we just instantly know we did a good job. Um, BJ was one personally that I felt like I really liked. So um, that would have to be one of my favorites as well. Did you have another one? Yeah. I'm just like coming up with these on the fly, but Anna Pedereriu, yeah. she was so much fun. Yeah. She was another one that I walked away from Matt. I'm like, I literally love her. Yeah. Like, I literally love her. We didn't know a whole lot about her before the podcast obviously we'd never talked to her or met her before or anything so we've we'd had no previous she interaction was so nice and she was so funny and yeah. just had a great personality she's one of those people that like you want to be her best friend yeah basically <laughs> another one for me would have to be the alaska episode we had the head coach and assistant coach to the athletes to talk about the program and how they're fighting to save the program and I think that that one just kind of has a special place in my heart just because it's an opportunity for us to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And we're so passionate about gymnastics and we love college gymnastics in particular. So we obviously don't want to see any more programs get cut. And we had them on right in the beginning of all that, like right when it was announced that the program was going to be cut and they started the fundraising efforts. So Mm That was kind of the beginning of that journey, and now they've come so far. They're most likely, they still have a little bit of work to do. Yeah, last I checked, I think. Why is my voice doing that? Because I think you need some water, sweetheart. It's early in the morning, guys. Like, I will give myself that excuse. She literally just woke up. She literally just opened her eyes and is now recording this podcast. <laughs> I'm recording this in my bed, actually. <laughs> um <clears throat> Last I heard, they had like $9,000 to go to reach their first goal to save themselves for that first year. Yes. And then Um, from there, they would have to raise basically the same amount of money all over again. It's like $444,000, I believe. Which is a lot. So they still need your help. Yes. um, All of our help. Totally. But the possibility of them competing for another year is likely, which makes me feel better because not only does it suck to just have your program cut, but also they didn't get to compete this season because of COVID. So to give those athletes more opportunities to compete for their school, all for it. So I just enjoyed having them on the show and getting to hear about their program. And you could see how much they love 
Alaska and the gymnastics team. Yeah. Um, just from talking to them, they were getting emotional when we told them that we were going to donate and yeah, they literally all like were tearing up and I was like, whoa, like they, like this actually means so much to them. You could see that. Yeah. Which by the way, did we ever actually give an update on the podcast about how much we raised? I believe we did. Now you're asking me to recall, uh, like specific episodes and what was said in what episode, but yes, I believe we did. Okay. Well, I guess we could say it here just real quick. We raised, um, a thousand dollars. So that was from our Patreon supporters from the month of October, I believe. We matched that amount. We had a jar in our parents' house. This was around the holidays. Um, this was also back when we were still living in our parents' house. We moved recently. Yeah. So we basically, anytime any family would come over, we would like be like, hey. Hey, there's a jar right there. Yeah, look at this jar. And then we would tell them about it and they'd put money in there. Like, just change. Like, it wasn't actually, like, bills necessarily, but just change. And then we would collect, like, pop bottles and do returns. Um, By pop, you mean soda. People from not Michigan are going to be like, what is she talking about? Yes. You're right. <laughs> Um, what else did we do? There was something else that we did. I had a bunch of change. Oh, I think, yeah. A bunch of change. And Um, then our parents gave some money as well. Our dad would come home from work every day and empty his change, (laughs) empty his pockets. Um, but they also, we told them that we wanted to get... Like, a thousand was our goal. And I was kind of low-key, like, that's gonna be really hard to do. But we actually did it, so... Um, it just goes to show you that anything's possible. And also just want to take this opportunity to thank our Patreon supporters again, because in the month of October, everybody who was a Patreon supporter, their donation, not only did we use their donation, but we also matched it ourselves, mm-hmm. um, which really helped. Um, and, we, that. and we had a lot, I think in the month of October is when we had a lot of people signing up. Yeah. Um, and, and that was around the time we started our Patreon. So Yes, definitely appreciate our Patreon supporters on a monthly basis, but also in that month of October for being a part of this great cause. Did you have any any other favorites that you want to talk about? They're all my favorites. (laughs) All right, why don't you give us one more? I really liked Tia Kiyaku's interview. Mm -hmm. Um, Just being able to give Tia a platform to share her story and, you know, her experience with racism at the University of Alabama, it's something that was prominent then, but it still is now. It's something that will always be important and something that, you know, it's a conversation we should always be having. And I'm just so glad that we were able to help her kind of share that story and get her voice out there. Again, you know, with podcasts, it's a chance for them to get their their literal voice out there. It's so much different than just reading an article Mm -hmm. in a magazine or in a newspaper. So I think for people to be able to hear Tia and actually have her like explain some of the things that she went through at Alabama was super, super important. And um, still to this day, that's one of those episodes that I always refer people back to because people still talk about Tia and they still talk about what happened. And, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to just send them the link and say like, here, listen to her talk about this. Um, it's a nice overview, I guess, of her experience. Yeah, so. and, he, and to hear it come from herself. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can misinterpret anything when you're hearing the person actually speak the words themselves. Exactly. Yeah, I just think it's super important. And um, I don't know, I'm, I'm proud of that one when I look back on it. It's definitely not an easy thing to talk about. Like, it would be nice to have a podcast where you just talk about nothing but happy things, but... Well, with gymnastics, that's never going to happen. Exactly. Truly. I mean, let's be real. We have a lot of episodes where we've had to talk about things that are not necessarily easy or fun to talk about, Um, but that's also a part of having this podcast. I think for us, we wanted to have a platform where we could talk about literally all things gymnastics, the good and the bad. And um, I think we've done a pretty good job of sticking to that. You know, we've addressed basically every issue that's happened in the gymnastics world head on. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback in that regard. So I think we're doing an okay job with it. We've had a lot of people say that they appreciate like us talking about the hard stuff and, you know, encouraging us to keep talking about the hard stuff because these are conversations that as difficult as they are, they do need to be happening. Yeah. And I appreciate that so much. Mm-hmm. Just all the messages and the emails that we've gotten. 
not only does it show us, you know, that people actually listen to this podcast and they actually appreciate this podcast, but it does help us because I think me and you can be really hard on ourselves. And sometimes when we're having these difficult conversations, we feel like we're not doing enough. We feel like we're not saying everything that we want to say or we're not saying something the right way. Right. And so to get feedback from you guys that you, you know, you like what we said or something that, you know, we said resonated with you, um, it just means a lot. So... Speaking of, um, you know, the Tia episode, we actually did get a message recently from Elise on Instagram. So I'm going to read this and just give her a shout out. She said, hey, just listened to your podcast for the first time and I really enjoyed it. I appreciate the neutral and positive tones it takes on. And the episode was concise and discussing the conference championships meet. It felt much shorter than the hour it was. Thank you also for discussing the Alabama racism issues and telling it as it is. I've been feeling a bit bogged down by the internet lately and it was refreshing to hear gymnastics discussed without the negativity of my Twitter timeline. (laughs) Keep up the great work. So thank you, Elise. Um, I did message her back on Instagram, so I already said thank you. But just wanted to give you a shout out for sending us such a nice, supportive message. It really does mean a lot to us. Like I said, you know, sometimes we talk about things that are difficult or that are stressful or that we just feel pressure to, you know, convey the message a certain way. And um, it's always nice to hear that it's well received. So we definitely appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there somebody that when they agreed to be on the show, you were just so, so excited? Like, who's somebody that you were just, like, dying on the inside when they agreed to be on our show? Um, one, I would probably say Michaela Skinner. Mm. Just because she's probably one of the bigger people that we've had on our show. Yeah. And Grace McCallum And well. Grace McCallum was my other one, yeah. Yeah. Another one that hasn't actually happened yet, so I'm not going to give away too much information because I'm not really big on like saying that someone's going to be on the show in case it doesn't happen for some reason. Well, because we did that before with one gymnast. Yeah, and it, it, wasn't, backfired. it wasn't our fault. She agreed to be on and we literally were about to do the interview. Like we were sitting on Zoom. Like, like five minutes away from the start of the interview and then she emails me and says she is busy. She can't do it. And, and then, then she ghosted she us. She ghosted us. Never and we announced who it was so we're not doing that again. <laughs> yeah, we learned from that lesson. But this person, I don't think, is going to intentionally ghost us. She's a very, very busy lady. I will say she's an Olympic gold medalist. That will be your hint. And we've we've been in communication about having her on the podcast for a while now. She's agreed to do it. It's just she's really, really busy right now, understandably. So people might be able to guess who we're talking about here, and that's fine. Um, I'm, I just don't want to make any promises until we actually get around the books. She's yeah. not on the books yet. It's just in discussion. We've had many messages back and forth um, trying to set up a date, but yeah, just between our schedules, because we're also busy people. Not as busy as she is, for sure, but we are also busy people. <laughs> yes. so. But that's one that the second we got a response, I was like, oh, so excited. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully it happens and keeping my fingers crossed that we can make it work out because I think that... I think it will. It might just be... Might just be a couple years and I'm kidding. No, I would say maybe after the Olympics. I was hoping before, but either way. Either way, it's still exciting. Life's just busy for everybody, for all parties involved. What about something that has surprised you the most about doing the podcast? Um... So I would say, this is going to sound kind of bad. I have a feeling you're going to say exactly what I'm going to say. Just the fact that people listen. Yeah. Um, We've said this before in this episode and in past episodes, but we're not joking when we say it. Ashley and I are really hard on ourselves. Like, really. Like, almost to the point where I need therapy. Yeah. Um, Like, I'm not joking. <laughs> um, We... We're the kind of people that we basically think that nothing we do is ever good enough. And there's a lot of reasonings for why we think that way. We're obviously not going to get into it here. This isn't therapy, so we don't have to go into it. There are there are a lot of deep-seated reasons why we think that way about ourselves and about our lives. But I think if I'm just being honest, I think the thing that surprises me the most is just seeing that we have thousands of people that listen to our podcasts Mm -hmm. and when we get those nice messages and when we have the patreon supporters it's really like when people reach out to us in some way i realize that like people do actually listen and people do actually appreciate it or they do get something from it yeah um and that just means like so much like i i truly don't know like how to put it into words yeah i feel like we say it all the time and it sounds like 
oh, we're so thankful. Like, it doesn't sound like genuine, yeah. but I actually genuinely mean, like, I'm so grateful for every single person that listens to our podcast. Even if you don't take the time to, like, send us a message or something, like, just the fact that you're listening mm-hmm. still just means so much. It blows my mind when I look at the analytics and I see that, because you can see, like, not only how many downloads it has or how many listens it has, but how many people, like, actually listen to the whole episode. You can see kind of when people start to, like, taper off. <laughs> and me and you were expecting people to listen for, like, two seconds and then be like this is stupid I'm getting out of here but then we're like wait people actually are listening to this like the whole way through it's like weird to me I'm like whoa there's no way people are actually listening to this whole thing of me talking like this whole but they hour are. long thing it's so crazy <laughs> and I think just having the consistent listeners too it's not just one episode or you know what I mean like it's mm-hmm. people return like people listen to us every single week and that just makes my heart all warm and fuzzy <laughs> thinking back to that First night, two in the morning, we were making the podcast. I definitely didn't know if we would be successful in this. Like, I didn't know, like, how many people would listen to us, you know, how many downloads we would have. And I'm actually pretty pleased with, you know, where we're at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when we first started, we, di- we didn't really know what to base it off of. Like, we don't know how, what's normal or what's good for a podcast. And we were just happy to be having just anybody listen to us and now man what are we what are we up to with downloads um i think we're close to like a hundred thousand which i think for us is pretty good in a year yeah i mean i would say so that to me that seems like a high number that seems mm-hmm. like more than i would expect initially so i'm happy with that in our most listened to interview or episode it's an interview with whitney Bajerkin. I think that one has around like 4,500 downloads just on that one episode, so... But that doesn't surprise me because she has like a really large following. Yeah. And I remember she did a swipe up on Instagram with a link to our podcast, and I think a lot of the views came from that, just from people clicking the link in her swipe up. Yeah. It's always helpful when the athlete shares it with their audience, because obviously these girls have so many followers, especially on Instagram. I feel like Instagram's kind of where it's at. Like a lot of people think of like the gym tonight being on like Twitter and Facebook, but there's a lot of people on Instagram as well. So yeah, it's always nice when they share it with their platforms um, because it kind of helps you grow a little bit and gets you some more ears for your podcast. Well, and they're just sharing it with a group of people that obviously care about them because they follow them, you know. Mm-hmm. So right. But yeah, I would say overall, I'm really, really happy with the fact that we're still doing this podcast. I'm happy with the growth that we've seen in the past year. You know, even as far as like the behind the scenes stuff, like we have a nice microphone. You know, I've seen the work that Ashley's put in for the merch, the website, and just editing the podcast. It is very time consuming. That's one thing that whenever people ask me about starting a podcast or want tips on starting a podcast, like... It's very, very time consuming. And we've said this before as well. Brittany and I are just really busy people with work and school and doing side stuff. Like I do stuff for inside gymnastics. So I'm constantly working on things and it's hard sometimes to find the time to not only sit down and record, but to edit it. (laughs) I want to say editing takes longer than actually recording. Yeah, it's very, very time consuming. But honestly, seeing all the nice comments and seeing that people listen to our episodes people follow us that makes it all worth it to Mm me and it's nice every once in a while to just remind myself of all those things because there's times when I hate having to edit the podcast or I just don't feel like recording yeah and I'm glad that we stick with it because seeing so many people enjoy what we're doing really means a lot to me so like I said I think it just makes it all worth it yeah, and I just think me and you have such a big passion for gymnastics, and this is just another like outlet for us. We love talking about gymnastics. We love you know making friends through love of gymnastics. That's another thing. We've met so many amazing people just from the gym tonight, and um, not even people that necessarily listen to our podcast. Because since doing the podcast, we haven't gone to any meets or like seen anyone. But um, just from having like some sort of a presence. In the gym tonight, we've met so many people, and that's something that I think we really were hoping to accomplish with this podcast is to not only share our love for the sport of gymnastics, but also to convey that to other people and bond with other people, 
you know, over the gymnastics and the things that we love and the things that are going on in the sport. It was just something that was super, super important to us. You mentioned that obviously we started this podcast in quarantine and we haven't really been able to go out and even have the opportunity to meet people since we started the podcast because everything's been shut down, but that's changing this weekend. I'm so excited. I have chills. <laughs> Brittany and I are going to the Morgantown Regional, and I literally, if you guys, I wish there was a video sometimes. Maybe that's something we should look into, doing video <laughs> podcasts. That would be horrible, because I, I look hit right now. I, when I said I just woke up, I actually meant that. I, I'm out of my bed. I'm, I'm sitting up, but I am not... She's ready not, to be on camera. She's not cute. No, I'm not. It's fine. I'm joking, by the way. Brittany and I always make comments like that to each other. We're not actually, like, being mean. <laughs> um, but anyways, my point is, I've literally, I have chills thinking about going to this regional. It's been so long. We technically have seen live gymnastics this year because I've done commentary for ESPN. Yes, I don't why did I just mess up on that? <laughs> ESPN for my brain was starting to say EMU when ESPN came out, but both are accurate. Yeah. Either way, you're right. I was doing commentary for ESPN for EMU, Eastern Michigan, and then also CMU, which is Central Michigan. So I've kind of seen some live gymnastics doing that. And then Brittany, I, I snuck her into a meet, got her on the VIP list. Yeah, like they literally had a list of like all the people that were allowed in. It was like this typed up official list. And I walked up to the counter and I'm like, Brittany Bueller, I'm here to watch gymnastics. <laughs> and I'm joking. I and they're like, it. who are you? Like, no, but they wrote my name at the bottom of the list. Like they like filled me in at the last second. And I'm like, boom, look at that. That's the Ashley Bueller connection right there. <laughs> uh, I hate it. But anyways. We're just kidding. We're kidding. <laughs> Um, we're actually going to our first meet in a very long time where Brittany and I will get to sit there together and watch gymnastics and talk about it and just live in the moment. And you won't be commentating. I won't have to sit there by myself like a loser. (laughs) She texted, sorry, now we're going off, but she texted me, um, the very last meet that I commentated, it was a quad meet at Central Michigan. She texted me and she's like, do I look like a loser up here? And I turn around and she's just sitting there like all by herself. There's like no one surrounding her. Well, that's the thing. Like I would have to be by myself because of COVID, but like I wasn't even sitting with like, the EMU parents or, like, the other, like, parents in the stands. I was just sitting completely by myself because I didn't know where to sit. Like, she wasn't even in the vicinity of anyone else. Like, yeah, you're not supposed to sit right next to people, but she, like, there's groups of people and she could have sat, like, near them. She literally picked, like, this corner of the arena. She's out by herself. And I get a text message, do I look like a loser You know what? I woke up that day and chose social distancing (laughs) to the fullest. (sighs) That's not relevant to anything, but I just thought of it and I thought it was funny. But we're super excited to be going to Morgantown. We're going to be driving there because we're from Michigan. It's only a five-hour drive, which we did not realize. So now this means that whenever any good team is in West Virginia, we're going. Yes. (laughs) We're going to put that on our list of places that we can go. Because Brittany and I have never been on a plane. People think that's really weird. We just have never been on a plane. Yeah. Every time we go to a gymnastics meet, we drive. So we look for things that are within driving distance. And now we've discovered West Virginia is actually in driving distance. Well, like you said before, we just moved. So before, from where we used to live, it was actually a six-hour drive. But the, where we moved to now, which I, we can just say it's not that big of a deal. We live in Ann Arbor. So we're right in between the University of Michigan and Eastern Michigan University. And we didn't want to say where we lived before because we were from a small town. Like a very small town. Like you could probably find me in two seconds if you came to our old, (laughs) where we used to live. (laughs) But now that we're in Ann Arbor, it's like good luck trying to find us in Ann Arbor. Not that anyone's going to come for us. What are we thinking? This is our anxiety. (laughs) We're thinking that people are out to like kill us. Um, (laughs) Anyways, yeah. Ooh, anxiety. Anyways. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So now that we live in Ann Arbor, we're only like five hours away from West Virginia. So it's a lot more doable, I would say. So we're so excited because obviously Michigan's going to be there. UCLA is going to be there. Cal is going to be there. Those are just some of the top teams. And so excited. Like I couldn't pick a better regional for us to go to. The fact that it's UCLA and Michigan especially because those are our top two teams. Like the fact that they're both there. Like what were the chances of that happening? I know. Honestly, it's big thanks to UCLA being ranked as low as they are right now in the national rankings. Because... That's where, like, even, because we're only going to Friday night. We're not going to Friday during the day. So, like, Cal, session one, we're going to be driving during that time. But 
the second session, the night session, is Michigan and UCLA. And honestly, UCLA being ranked as low as they were going in is what made it so that way Michigan and UCLA were in the same session. Yeah. So I'm like, shout out to you guys for not having the best season. <laughs> We've gotten pretty lucky with... Obviously, we love UCLA, and we said we'd never been on a plane, so we'd have to get on a plane if we wanted to go to a UCLA meet, like if we had to go to Poly Pavilion. But we've gotten pretty lucky with them coming for regionals, because we saw them in 2017. They were in Champaign. We drove there, Champaign, Illinois. And then they came to Ann Arbor in 2018, so we saw them then, and then we're going to be seeing them at regionals as well this weekend. And we've seen them once before. I see the look on your face. You're like... As if you think there's another well, time. we saw them at Nationals in 2018. You're saying Regionals in 2018? I think it was Regionals 2019. Whatever. I don't know what year it is. Yeah, it was 2019. Well, I was just thinking. Yeah. Like, I'm, I was just thinking. No, you're like, right. Was it 2018? No, it was right. 2019. You're right. It's 2019. I think um, with COVID and everything and, and, like, season getting canceled and, like, my brain just doesn't recall what happened when. Like, everything just seems like it was just <laughs> yesterday. So it was 2019. It was the season before everything. All, yeah, we all saw the them. We saw them 17, 18, and 19 though because of regionals in Champaign, then nationals in St. Louis, then they were in Ann Arbor for the Ann Arbor regional. In and 2019. I was going to say we actually saw them back in 2014 as well because there was a meet with Michigan, Utah, and UCLA, and mm-hmm. they came to Michigan. So we saw them then as well. But anyways, my point is that we've seen them a lot. We've been lucky with regionals. And having them come closest to us so we can go watch them, which I'm all for because I love UCLA and just haven't had the opportunity to go out to California. But we want to go to California, and I was actually talking to Blake from the Half In Half Out podcast. We're going to go to a UCLA meet. I would be so down He wants to go to UCLA meet, and I'm like, we're going to come too. Like, let's all go together. So Blake, if you're listening to this, hopefully we're still on. (laughs) It's a plan. But anyways... We real quickly want to just do a quick regionals preview to kind of let you guys know what's going on this weekend because there's a lot of gymnastics happening. Three days of competition. Just a quick reminder of how regionals works. The first day, which is going to be on Thursday, which is today, the yes. day that this episode comes out, <laughs> is a play-in round. So that's where the two lowest ranked teams at each regional will be going head-to-head, and they're going to be fighting for that one final spot in semifinal number two. So whichever team advances from that first day of regionals is going to join the other three teams in the second semifinal the next day. Um, basically, I already said it, but there's two semifinals. So there's one in the afternoon, there's one in the evening. And then the top two teams at each semifinal go to the next day, which is Saturday, and that is the regional finals, and that's where you qualify to nationals. So you take your top two teams from each semifinal, that makes it a quad meet, you got four teams, and then the top two out of those four teams will qualify on to the NCAA championships. So just a little refresher on how that works. I know a lot of people get confused with how regionals work, and I don't blame you. It is pretty confusing, especially if you're not familiar with it. But let's just go into a real quick regionals recap or preview. Yeah, not recap, it's a preview. Next week will be the recap. Yes, <laughs> my brain's not working this morning. So the play-in round for the Athens Regional will be Western Michigan and NC State. My hope would be that Western Michigan would advance because obviously it's a Michigan school and I always root for my Michigan schools, but... I think realistically, I can see NC State advancing over Western. They've just had a more steady season. Western, they started off having a strong season, but the last couple of meets, they haven't even broke 195. Actually, their last three meets, they haven't even gone 195, whereas NC State is kind of on a high. They almost went 197 in their final meet of the regular season. So Mm -hmm. I think they have a little bit of an advantage there. Then moving on to semifinal number one which will be on Friday. There will be Minnesota, Denver, Georgia, and Oregon State. That's going to be a good one because I think that Minnesota and Denver are very, very close in the rankings. They're very close in terms of capabilities. And then you factor in Georgia, who took that week off and didn't compete in the SEC championships, and you got to wonder how that's going to benefit them. Well, and also, too, Oregon State. The fact that semifinal won... Only two of those teams are going to advance even to the final day. Yeah. Like, they could literally be any team. I think that Minnesota and Denver are going to be the favorites. But Georgia and Oregon State, don't count them out. In Georgia, you got to remember, too, they're competing in front of a home crowd. Yeah. So. And, and like you said, they had that rest. Yes. Ooh. Which, who knows? Some teams, I think that that could 
make them, some teams that could break them. Um, we'll see. I kind of have this feeling that they're going to come in fired up and could, there could possibly be an upset there. So that's something to keep your eye on. Semifinal number two, so later that evening, will be Florida, Illinois, Central Michigan, and then one of either NC State or Washington, Michigan, depending on who advances out of that play-in round. So I think for this one, Florida, obviously they're looking to bounce back from SECs. They didn't have their best performance, but should very easily qualify into the finals. I don't think that's going to be an issue. And then also shouldn't have an issue qualifying to nationals. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess well. it has happened before. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, you know, they're the number one team coming into this regionals. And, you know, if they just do what they're capable of doing, they should be fine. But knock on wood, because they don't want to jinx them. And then I think... You know, Illinois, they've had a phenomenal season. They've gone as high as 197.575, and that's a score that could very easily get them to the NCAA championships. Of course, they have to do that again. It's, that's not an easy task to get that score, but it yeah. just shows the potential, I think. And then Central Michigan, they're another team that is kind of on the rise. They tend to get overlooked. Um, they can do great things. They've gone mid-196 without having the best beam rotation. They've really struggled on beam this season. We've talked about that before on the show. Um, so if they can get it together on beam, they're really going to be fighting with Illinois to get into that last day of competition. Mm-hmm. Who do you think are going to be the final two going to nationals out of this regional? <sighs> I, Florida for sure. Like Florida. I'm pretty confident about Florida. It's, for me, going to come down to Minnesota or Denver. Yeah. So I filled out my... NCAA bracket, and I put Florida and Minnesota. Really? For some reason, I'm thinking Florida-Denver. I'm getting Denver vibes. And I'm getting Minnesota vibes. Maybe it's because they're off of, you know, they're coming off of their championship win, their conference championship win, I should say. I feel like they're going to be riding that high. Um, But then again, I guess so is... Minnesota, so I guess yeah. maybe I don't know why I'm getting Denver vibes. Yeah, they're both coming off. Good point. I didn't even think to say that. They're both coming off upsets. Yeah. Major upsets. For Denver to upset Oklahoma is a huge deal. And then Minnesota, Michigan, obviously Minnesota's been amazing this season, so it's, it makes sense that they would have a phenomenal performance. And if Michigan's a little bit off, that they could capitalize. Like, that all makes sense. But Michigan and Oklahoma had such long streaks of winning their conference championships that to see both of them have their streak snapped by Minnesota and Denver, and now they're going against each other in the same regional, it's like, who did this? Why, why are they doing this to Yeah, us? why do the gym guys have to do this to us? And then It's not fair, honestly, <laughs> that both Minnesota and Denver aren't, both aren't going to be at nationals. Okay, assuming that Florida makes it. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're really, like, Florida needs to make it because we're putting, like, the pressure on in this episode. We're basically <laughs> telling you that they're making it, so. Please, Florida, don't make us look stupid. The bead of sweat dripping down my face. Yeah. Um, but the fact that, okay, all three of those teams, let's let's open it up to that. Let's say Florida, Minnesota, Denver. The fact that out of those three teams, only two of them are going to advance to nationals. Mm-hmm. So not fair. Well, out of Minnesota, Denver, Georgia, and Oregon State, only two of them are going to make it to the final day to even have a shot at going to nationals. It's just, I hate it. Crazy. Hate it. All right, so I'm putting my money on Denver. Ashley's putting her money on Minnesota. You guys should send us a tweet, send us an Instagram DM, email us, let us know for each of these regionals who you have. Yeah, I always love seeing other people's predictions. Moving on to the Morgantown Regional. Again, Brittany and I are going to be there. So, so excited. We got... Also, if you guys are going to, let us know. I've seen a couple people on Twitter saying they're going, but make sure you let us know. So we can wave to you. Yeah, we'll we'll have to keep our distance, but we'll wave. (laughs) So in the play-in round, we got Penn State and West Virginia. Obviously, West Virginia is hosting, so they would love nothing more than to qualify to the next day of competition. They snuck in at the very last second. I believe they were the very last team to qualify to regionals. But the play-in rounds are always so fun because I feel like they could go either way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not 100% dead set this way or that way, like... And that's for all of the regionals. I could see all these teams potentially coming through. I will say that Penn State, they have a slightly higher team average and NQS this season. However, West Virginia has outscored Penn State's season high by just a tenth. So this could go either way. Anything could happen. Moving on to semifinal number one. 
We got Cal, BYU, Ohio State, and Towson. This one seems pretty clear-cut to me. I think that Cal having the phenomenal season that they're having, breaking you know the program record, going 1-9-8, they have so much talent on their team this year. I can see them easily qualifying to the NCAA championships. And then I think BYU, they're also having a phenomenal season. And those two teams, I think, are significantly higher in the rankings than Ohio State and Towson. Yes. Ohio State and Towson are number 27, number 28, like back-to-back. BYU and Cal are in the top 12, so. Yeah. And I think, you know, BYU, they're consistently hitting in that high 196 range. And they've gone as high as 1973 this season. So I think the potential for them to qualify to that next day over Towson and Ohio State is just a little bit higher. But also... Who knows? It's gymnastics. We know anything can happen. (laughs) Semifinal number two has got Michigan, UCLA, Kent State, and then one of either Penn State or West Virginia. I think this one is also pretty clear cut. I think Michigan and UCLA advancing to the final day is probably going to be the most likely. Yes. I think that as long as UCLA does, you know, a normal performance, they should be good. But they've been a little bit shaky on beam this season. And sometimes, you know, not not scoring as high on bars as they would like to. But we're expecting to have Nora Flatley. She was back in the bar lineup at the Pac-12 Championships. And then she's expected to, fingers crossed, be back in the beam lineup this weekend. So I think that will help them a lot. Yeah. Um, I do think that Kent State could capitalize if UCLA makes a mistake. They're averaging about a 195-2 range this season. And they've gone as high as 196-375. So it's one of those things that, like, if UCLA is not having a good meet, I think you could see Kent State step up and qualify through to that next day. But if I had to go with what I think is likely going to happen or like what my gut feeling is, I'm going Michigan UCLA. Mm-hmm. What about going on to nationals, the final two? <sighs> well, I think this is where it gets tricky because Michigan and Cal are the favorites. They're the highest ranked teams. But you could also have UCLA have a phenomenal day and really pull it together now that we're in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see them doing that. I have a really hard time imagining a national championships without UCLA as a team. Yeah. But then I also can't, at this point in the season, imagine it without Michigan or Cal. Like, they're that good. They deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. Me takes a deep breath. <laughs> My feeling is it's going to be Michigan and Cal. Okay, so me and you are just not agreeing. Let me check my bracket. I am going to go with Michigan, UCLA, and I'm probably being just a little bit biased just because those are my two favorite teams. So obviously I'm rooting for that. And I know that Cal's amazing and I know that they're probably going to have an amazing competition and it's going to be super close and it's going to be super painful no matter what happens. I'll be happy either way. As long as Michigan makes it, I should say. Like, if Michigan doesn't make it, like, I'm done. The world's ending. Like, I'm not doing the podcast anymore. Like, I'm not a gymnastics fan anymore. Like, I'm done. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I'm really rooting for Michigan UCLA. And I think having Nora back in will help. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially on beam, but also on bars. Like, they just need her. Here's the thing. I want to make it clear between wants and likelies. I want UCLA to make it. Like, my ideal situation coming away from this regional will be Michigan and UCLA. I think it's going to be Michigan and Cal. So, okay. Final answer. (laughs) Makes sense. I can agree with that. Moving on to the Tuscaloosa Regional, we got Eastern Michigan and Maryland in the playing round. Again, another nail-biter because Eastern is 31st in the nation, Maryland is 32nd. I think both teams pretty much can post around the same number in terms of a team score, so it's going to come down to who has the best performance that day. It's going to be so intense. Obviously, it's no secret. I'm more of an Eastern fan. I go to Eastern. That's my team. So that's obviously what I'm going to be pulling for. Um, they are coming off a win at the MAC Championship, so they're they're kind of on a high right now, and I hope that will kind of carry them through and give that give them that momentum that they need to get the job done. But it's going to be tough. I personally would just love to see a MAC school be a Big Ten school. That would be fun. Yeah. The MAC conference is, you know, kind of small, and Eastern doesn't really get the chance to go up against some of the bigger schools, not even necessarily in terms of gymnastics, but just, like, the bigger schools and the bigger conferences. Mm -hmm. So it'll be really exciting to see, you know, how they fare against, you know, one of the top conferences in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. And I do real quickly want to just look at the numbers because I think it's interesting that – 
Eastern, obviously, they're ahead of Maryland in the rankings, but they only lead by a half-tenth their NQS. Mm -hmm. And then Maryland actually has a higher team average and a higher team like score from this season. So it really could go either way. I'm holding on to the fact that Eastern won the MAC championships with not having the best beam rotation. Beam is their strongest event, and they they posted season highs on vault and bars. Did not even break forty nine on beam, which they typically can go, you know, forty nine low forty nine. They 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 broke a program record on beam this season forty nine three two five. So they're definitely capable of good things on beam, and I'm just kind of keeping my fingers crossed that they can keep it together when it matters most, and that will hopefully push them ahead. Because when they have an off-beam performance, that's when things get a little bit scary. So, as usual, it always comes down to beam, does it not? <laughs> Moving on to semifinal number one, we have Alabama, Arkansas, Iowa, and Iowa State. So we have the battle of the ASEC teams and then the Iowa schools. That's going to be another painful semifinal. Mm-hmm. Because I think, obviously, Alabama and Arkansas, they're the favorites. They're coming in as the top-ranked teams in that conference. And Alabama, they're coming off of an upset at SECs. They won with a season-high 197-875. Obviously, a very big score. And then Arkansas, they're coming off of a season-low at SECs. Not their best performance. So, But that also could be a motivation for them. Yeah. Like a factor that makes them come out even stronger at regionals. And I think that... You know, that was kind of a fluke performance for them. They're very much a 197 team, and we've seen that several times this season. So if they have a normal performance and they do what they're capable of, I think it should be Alabama-Arkansas, hands down. But Iowa and Iowa State will be sitting there and ready to make things interesting if the opportunity presents itself. Obviously, Iowa is the Big Ten regular season champs, which is kind of a plot twist. They've been ranked number one on floor at different points throughout the season. So they're just looking really good and have a lot of potential. And I think that they could upset totally if the opportunity presents itself. I almost can't even imagine that final day of competition on Saturday without Iowa being in the mix. Mm-hmm. It, that's This is one of the more unfortunate regional seedings, I would say, because... All of these teams, just in semifinal one, have been so good this season. And they've made like so much progress as the season has gone on. Because even Iowa State, it's like they, they keep getting better and better. They just went one nine seven zero five at the Big 12 Championships. Iowa, on the other hand, hasn't gone 197 yet this season, but I feel like totally could. Mm-hmm. So this is another one of those regionals that... Alabama, I think they're, they're safe. They're, you know... The scoring potential is a lot higher than oh for sure these other teams. It's gonna come down to the other three fighting for that final spot. I think Arkansas, Iowa, and Iowa State. It's not as clear cut and dry as you would think it is. It's yeah. really gonna depend on who's doing the best gymnastics. Arkansas does have the edge though. They just gotta do their normal thing. If they make mistakes though, I think we could see an upset from either of those teams. Mm-hmm. Then looking at semifinal number two, we have Oklahoma, Auburn, Missouri, and then either Eastern Michigan or Maryland. Oklahoma obviously looking to kind of build themselves back up again after not winning Big 12s. That was a big shock. But they should have no issues qualifying to nationals. Honestly, I don't think there's going to be any problem there. No, I don't think so. As far as the second regional goes, I think Auburn is safe. It's just crazy. I'm looking at this right now. The first regional, semifinal one, is so much more intense Mm -hmm. than semifinal two in the same regional. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like this could have been maybe separated differently. Well, because if you would have put Iowa or Iowa State in semifinal number two, they would have a better shot at qualifying to the next day, Mm -hmm. to the the final round of regionals. Yeah, it's kind of Mm -hmm. annoying. But I guess also just how it works. <laughs> True. Yeah, I, I feel you. Um, if I was those, if I was Iowa State or Iowa, I'd be a little bit... I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. But I would just be like, I wish we were in semifinal too. Yeah. That happens all the time, though. There's been regionals in the past where I'm like, oh, if only this team was in this session, like it would be so much easier. Especially when it comes down to nationals. I'm constantly like... Uh, I wish this team was in the semifinal. I know. Just that way all your favorites could be there. They would advance so much easier. But I think in terms of qualifying to nationals, Oklahoma 
and Alabama will likely be the ones to get it done. That's what I have on my bracket. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm going with. I agree with that one too. There you go. Look, we agree on something. <laughs> Just want to make a quick edit here and let you guys know that Auburn has since pulled out of the meet due to contact tracing and COVID safety protocols. So unfortunately, they will no longer be competing at this regional. We're not quite sure. The latest, we've not heard anything on if another team will be stepping into their place, if anything's going to be moved around, what's going to happen with Friday's competition, if it's just going to be three teams. None of that information, as of us recording this, is out there for the public. So all we know at the moment is that Auburn will not be competing and their season is now over. So we're definitely sending our thoughts and best wishes to that team, especially the seniors and those that don't plan on returning next year. Um, definitely not the way that they wanted to go out. So we're definitely thinking of them. And then to wrap it up, we have the Salt Lake City Regional. The playing round on Thursday will feature Temple in Arizona. We talked about Temple last week on the show, and I think they have huge potential to qualify to that second day of regionals, which is amazing because they're competing with a team at regionals for the very first time since 1992. They also are coming off of a win at the Eagle Championships. They posted a 1965. So they're just kind of on a roll. And they also, when you look at their season as a whole, they've improved every single meet of the last four meets. They just keep getting better and better. Like they mm-hmm. post a season high, then they do it again, then they do it again, and then they do it again. So it's like, what else do they have up their sleeves for regionals? Yeah, like they're they're kind of they're heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Things are going up there. They're climbing up that hill. So I'd love to see them come out on top here. Um, I don't think it's a done deal. I think Arizona is definitely going to put the pressure on a little bit. Um, They're very capable of posting a score in the 196 range themselves. So it'll be an interesting battle, but I'm pulling for Temple here. Taking a look at semifinal one, we have Utah, Arizona State, Boise State, and Southern Utah. Obviously, Utah is coming in as the Pac-12 champions. They put up a season-high 197.725, so this should be an easy one for them, especially given that they're going to be at home. They have that home advantage. Mm -hmm. I don't see a world where Utah doesn't come out okay in in this situation. I think Utah's going to be doing just fine. And then Arizona State, we talked about them last week as well. They've been having a really good season. Had their highest finish in Pac-12 championship history since 2006. And they can go 197. They're a team that, you know, can definitely do that when all the stars align. They've gone 197 four times this season. So it's one of those things that you know, it could happen, could not happen. They're very they're, capable of it. Yeah, they're definitely capable of it. But then Boise stays in this regional as well. And they're another team that I think, you know, was kind of on that brink. Like, they could do it if another team makes a mistake. Like, it's just all going to depend on how things unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely have that potential. And then wrapping it up with semifinal number two, we have LSU, Kentucky, Utah State, and then either Temple or Arizona, depending on who qualifies. And this is another one of the regionals that I think is a little bit easier. This one's really easy compared to the other ones mm-hmm. as a whole, I would say. Well, it's, I guess we should clarify. It's it's easy for LSU and Kentucky. Oh, I, I mean the regional as a whole. Yeah. Like I feel... Oh, you mean like both semifinals? Yeah. Like I feel like even as far as who advances onto nationals... Yeah. I feel like this is the one where it's probably the most clear cut. Yeah. You can look at this one and feel confident with your prediction. And if anything else happens, it's going to be like a major upside. It's like something that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I see Utah and Arizona State coming out of semifinal one, LSU, Kentucky coming out of semifinal two, and then LSU and Utah being the ones that head to nationals. Yeah. Same here. But it's going to be an exciting weekend of gymnastics. A busy weekend of gymnastics. Mm -hmm. So everything is on ESPN3. And a lot of the regionals line up to be the same time slot. Um, So we're in Michigan in the Eastern time zone. So the meets are on at like 1 and 7. Would you like me to go through and say the times? Maybe you could. Would that be helpful? People People might appreciate that, yeah. Okay. So for the Athens regional, the play-in round will be Thursday, April 1st at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And again, all of these are going to be on ESPN3, so I'm not going to say that after each one, but just keep that in mind. It's all on ESPN3. Semifinal one for Athens will be Friday, April 2nd at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 
semifinal two will be that same day at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And then the finals will be on Saturday, April 3rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. For Morgantown, Thursday, April 1st will be the play-in round at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Semifinal one will be Friday, April 2nd at 1 p.m. Eastern Time with semifinal number two at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Finals will be Saturday, April 3rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Tuscaloosa, the play-in round will be Thursday, April 1st at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So that one starts an hour later than the first two. Semifinal one will be Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time with the semifinal two at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So again, an hour later than the previous two. The finals will be Saturday, April 3rd at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And then for Salt Lake City, we have the playing round again Thursday, April 1st, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. So a little bit later for that one. Semifinal one will be at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. Semifinal two will be that evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So that will be the latest regional. And then the finals for that one will be Saturday, April 3rd, also at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, the latest one. So um, if you want to see it all kind of spelled out, I actually did a little regionals guide for Inside Gymnastics. So we'll link that in the show notes or just go to Inside Gymnastics website and you can see basically a lot of the information that we talked about here. I took from the thing that I wrote for Inside Gymnastics, but there's links and there's times and dates and basically everything you need to know. We'll put that in the show notes down below. Yeah, I think that, you know, it'll be an exciting weekend. Lots of gymnastics happening. Me and you aren't going to be able to watch a whole lot of it live. Um, Thursday, the plans we'll be able to watch. Friday, we're going to be driving. And then Friday night and Saturday night, we're going to be at the Morgantown Regional. So we're going to bring our mic, I think, right? Is our intentions to talk about regionals while we're there yeah yeah I think I want to talk about the action at least that we see in person like right after it happens and then we'll have to try and go back and you know catch whatever we can and be able to cover it for you guys but you know just for someone who's watching at home I think it's nice that you know there's I think two of the regionals overlap the same time and then the other ones kind of stagger start one at 8 p.m one at 9 p.m like that so mm-hmm. I think that you know it shouldn't be too hard to watch you won't have to have too many devices up <laughs> hopefully but it's gonna be an exciting weekend for sure yeah let us know what ones you guys are looking forward to seeing let us know your predictions we'd love to see them like I said already I'd love seeing what other people predict is gonna happen I like to kind of compare it to what I think is gonna happen so feel free to reach out, send us your predictions. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at All Things Gym Pod. Um, you can also email us. We have a little contact form on our website, which is allthingsgympod.com. It's also in the show notes below. Feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear from you guys. And thank you again so much for sticking with us for this whole year. If you're someone that's been listening from the very beginning, thank you, thank you. It yeah, so thank much you guys. I think it's been a good year, and I know we have a lot more exciting things in store for the future, so um, just thank you guys again for being you know, a listener of the show, for being so kind to us, and looking forward to seeing what the future has in store for us in this podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode and thanks for hanging out with us every Monday for the past year. It's been a lot of fun and we're looking forward to another great year. So we will be back on Monday with another episode. We're going to be talking about regionals and all of the action. So stay tuned for that. And as always, make sure you're following us on social media. We are at All Things Gym Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We also have a website, which is down in the show notes, but it's allthingsgympod.com. Also, just want to let you guys know to be on the lookout for a new podcast logo, artwork, whatever you want to call it. We have one that is super, super cool and exciting. It's really different than what we had for this past year. And it's also really unique to us, which I love. So that, we're not sure if it's going to be done in time for this episode. So you might still see the old artwork as you're listening to this episode. If you're listening on Thursday, but I would imagine that like Friday and beyond, hopefully we'll have it. Either way, if you're following us on social media, we're going to post it there as soon as we get it all finished. So be on the lookout for that as well. And we will talk to you guys on Monday. Enjoy regionals weekend. Woohoo! Bye guys. See you Monday. Bye.